Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. what second to last day of june we're at right now and this is the only episode that we can tell you who to vote for in the mlb all-star game which uh, we're going to do we're going to shove it down your throat because the current all-star voting system is so flawed it's ridiculous it is is ridiculous so that's where we're at right now i'm jack mcmullen he's peter apple this is tuesday june 29th and pete this is the first time i'm talking to you since you made your return from omaha nebraska and we talked when you were in omaha last friday and you said you loved it you gave rave reports um how did the rest of the trip go well the first game was of course awesome the second game was just as good the energy in this place it felt like the super bowl i got to watch kumar rocker take on nc state and they ended up winning three to one Unfortunately, there was only 13 players available for NC State. So Kumar pitched against a team that wasn't exactly loaded, but he still looked great. He went six strong, five hits, only one run allowed, 11 Ks. His velo was a bit inconsistent. It was anywhere between 91 and 95. But I think once you see that 95-mile-an-hour fastball and you see the MLB slider, you're just kind of odd. And seeing him in person – He's just enormous. Massive. He's a He's big massive. <laughs> he is so big. He looks like a football player. Bro, that's a wild game to be at with the 13 guys. And I mean, everything happens so quickly. And I'm sure like that pregame lineup for the national anthem looked crazy. And we're oh, not gonna so get good. we're not gonna get into the woods with that because somehow a pandemic has turned political and it's just stupid. Um, but and we don't talk politics here, we talk baseball. We talk- so we stay out of that. Hey, shout out that kid Highfield, though, on NC State. The pitcher three that played hits. first. Three he hits. He played first base and had three hits first inning. Hits it down the line. And 
and Kumar had struck out the first, I think, six or seven batters before facing Highfield, and then he just pokes one out. He added two more hits. I mean, it that's that's why it almost made the game so fun because yeah. you knew these role players were coming in and just doing their job, and they held it to a three to one score often arguably one of the best pitchers in all of college baseball, a guy who we're projecting to go in the top 10 picks and they battled, I mean, three to one off Vanderbilt when you have your second best or first best pitcher playing first base. That's one of the most impressive feats in the college world series, even though it was a loss. So Kumar, I would probably say is that, I mean, depends on how you want to classify Kevin cops because you know, Kumar Rocker's probably the third best pitcher in America behind Leiter, his teammate, and Kevin Copps. But this sets up a Vandy Mississippi State College World Series final. And a guy that is not far behind those three, of course, Ty Madden, we, we got to mention him. But Will Bednar good. just threw in an elimination game <sighs> to send Mississippi State to the College World Series final. Who do you like? How many games? I don't know how many games I haven't fully decided that yet, but what I do, what I'm very decisive about is that the fact that Vanderbilt's going to win. And I'm not even saying that Vanderbilt is even much better of a team than Mississippi state. I think we both agree that Mississippi state from one to nine in the order is a better offensive team. And I think with Bednar on the mound, it, I don't know if any team really is stacked up against them, could beat them. But that's the thing, is that Bednar won't be available until we're projecting kind of game three because he had to pitch that last game against Texas. And Vanderbilt, because NC State got eliminated, or not eliminated, you know, with the COVID stuff, they got an extra rest. So now their guys are more rested. They're going to have Jack. They're going to have Kumar available as well. And then also another pitcher that I really like for Vanderbilt. He didn't pitch great in his last outing, but Christian Little who's a freshman, is going to be that next Kumar, that next Jack Leiter for Vanderbilt. You have those three aces on rest. I just, I I think they'll just be outgunned, at least on the mound with Bednar, not being able to face a Jack Leiter early on to get them that lead. That's why Vanderbilt, not exactly sure if Mississippi State can eke out a couple games. How many games do you think it's going to go? I think it's going to go three. I think the game that Leiter starts, Vandy will win. Because, I mean, Jack Leiter looked untouchable in that loss against NC State. He got touched one time, and that was Terrell Tatum with that bomb. Like, that was nuts to see. And, I mean, shout out NC State. What a run. It sucks that they got, um, you know, kind of bounced or, like, had, had the ability to go to this final taken away from them. But I think the game that Leiter starts, Vandy will win. Yeah. I don't think – rocker will be available until game three because he threw over a hundred pitches against a depleted nc state team so i I think when i was watching that game why was he in the game for so long i was saying that the entire time i was in the stands i was like okay it's the fourth inning right he's good because put in your bullpen pieces luke murphy has been worked so hard in that bullpen so i get it they didn't really want to go to him but you're gonna face Mississippi State, you got to rest Kumar. I don't know why they threw him so many pitches. I, I think I still don't the get game it. wasn't it, it wasn't put away. But I mean, when when you were in the stadium, Vanderbilt was winning the entire time. It may have gotten close in spots, but everyone in the stadium knew. All right, Vanderbilt's going to win this game. Yeah, but 
I mean, that offense was not doing anything. All it took was a swing to get NC I mean, Bradfield went 0 for 5. Yeah, I, I don't know how this offense is going to fare, but I think the pitching can take Vandy to 2-1 two, two wins to win this thing in three. And the thing is, Landon Sims, who's been such a good reliever all year for Mississippi State, one of the best relievers in baseball, maybe the second outside of Kevin Copps. Right. He's. I feel like he pitches 30 pitches every single game. I hope yeah. his arm is going to be okay for the final. Yeah, dude. I. It, it's crazy. but He yeah, pitches I say, like two innings every single game. I say Vandy in three. You haven't made up your mind on how many games, but I think you're saying Vandy in three, too. I think I'm almost saying Vandy in two. Jeez. And this is this is my thinking. If it comes to a decisive game in game three, and it's Bednar versus Kumar, I think Mississippi State wins that. So I think Vandy has to win in two, or Mississippi State might take it. God, that's going to be appointment television if game three. I know. That's why I cannot wait. So that's why... I actually don't think it's going to be Vanderbilt in three. I think it's going to be Vanderbilt in two or Mississippi State in three. How about that? What okay. do you think about that? Do you think what, – what, where are we at? Yeah. I, you like that reasoning? Uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I don't give know. give me that. Come on. Don't give, uh. Van, Vandy in three. I'm putting it in pen. Um, let's get back to Major League Baseball so I don't have to come to a decision on that. Uh, I think it's fair. Kyle Schwarber standing on his head right now it's crazy what this guy's doing players in major league history with 13 bombs in two weeks 13 bombs in 14 days barry bonds in 01 troy tolowitzki in 2010 of course he was a rocky at that point and then kyle schwarber the last two weeks this guy has catapulted himself to second in the national league in home runs i mean so so here's the thing a lot of Cubs fans were pissed off when they let Schwarber walk and they brought in Jack Peterson. They said, you yeah. know, if you're going to let Schwarber go, at least bring in a different type of player. Like they thought Jack Peterson was the same player. Jack I think in hindsight, better... it's it's okay. Like that okay. makes sort of sense if you're a Cubs fan. Right, because like Jack is also like that fringe all-star type. Like he advanced into the final, um, you know, into the final vote for the all-star game. Like Jack's been playing well, but Schwarber's playing better. You can't be too butthurt about it if you're a Cubs fan because you saw what Schwarber did. You knew that there was some offensive inconsistency, but you also knew that Theo and Jed, well, Jed now because Theo's gone, you knew that Jed was letting a 40-homer guy walk. And that's that's what Schwarber's showing right now. And, and you're not even out of bounds calling him a 40-home run guy. I mean, in 2017, he had 30 bombs. In 2018, he had 26. And in 2019, he had 38. And now he has 22. And in a shortened COVID season, he has 11. Maybe I I think when I was looking at those stats, I underrated him in my own brain. So I call him underrated because I don't think I fully realized the type of power hitter Schwarber really is like, he's really that kind of dude. So I think everybody underrated him because yeah. he's not a two fifty hitter. He's going to hit two ten with 40 bombs, which is so tough. We have That's so like, many of these guys in baseball. There's so many of these guys, dude. The Schwarber is on another level in terms of the power, but there's just so many dudes hitting two ten out here. Right. So you can't be you can't be that pissed seeing Schwarber do this because I think everybody in Chicago knew that on the perfect day, Kyle Schwarber is one of the best power hitters in baseball. And it's great. He's actually hitting 246 this year, which is fine. Good for him. 
Good for him. He's getting on base 332, slugging 544, 877 OPS guy. You said what, 246? 246 batting average. 246. Um, a 22-year-old sitting 342 in Buffalo, New York, and he happens to have 26 bombs. He is a freak. Pro comp, Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, I saw that. that that's great. That's a great like comp. That. I mean, it's, it's hard to say anyone else. I mean, Pujols. Yeah, like those. Should we two get guys, into the guy's name. What should we get into the guy's name, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Yeah, is he, he Russian? Vladimir? I doubt he's Russian. <laughs> um, Vladdy Jr. is, I mean, like on another level. Colby Olson is the analytics writer for JustBaseball.com, and he does an amazing thing every day with his morning metrics. I mean, check it out, JustBaseball.com, totally free. Go on, look at this. I mean. Colby is so good at what he does, and he wrote an article over the weekend, and all these numbers were at the time that he wrote it, and uh, June 23rd. And the title of the article is MLB 2021, Records Are Meant to Be Broken. And it's got stuff about Jacob deGrom. It's got Javi Baez quickly approaching the strikeout record, (laughs) which is so screwed up. Do you know what his walk rate is? Is it like six? 3.3%. 3.3%. Oh, Do you know what his on-base percentage is? Like 295? 267. Oh, what are we doing here calling him a top 10 shortstop commenters on TikTok who call us ass? Oh, my God. Seriously? Oh my God. That's just not good enough, Javi. A 30 but, hey, strikeout rate. Really good at tagging a runner out at second. Oh, yeah. The best yeah, in baseball. Makes a ton of errors. He's like, he's one of the league leaders in errors. People call him the best defensive shortstop in baseball. Please. I mean, guys make errors. We get it. And it's not a true indication of exactly who the best defenders are. But, yeah, I but mean, like, come on. Come on, Javi. Come on. That's horrible. Uh, I do want to read this verbatim uh, from Colby because the second stat that he highlights, he titled it Bonds, McGuire, dot, 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 Vladdy. Great title. All All these stats from June 23rd. This is directly from the keyboard of Colby Olson. Quote, only two players since 1998 have finished the season with over 200 when weighted runs created plus. Barry Bonds did it four years in a row, which is so crazy, from 2001 to 2004. And Mark McGuire managed a 205 WRC plus in his 70 homer season back in 98. So Juan Soto finished the shortened 2020 season with a 201 WRC plus, but Colby's just kind of exempting him due to small sample size. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is attempting to be the third player to have a full season over 200 WRC plus through 323 plate appearances. As of June 23rd, Vladdy had a 199 WRC plus and led the league in bombs with 26. That's crazy talk. I mean, you're right about Miguel Cabrera. Like here's the thing about Vladdy and Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols when he was in St. Louis at all of their peak years, and it's crazy to say Vladdy's already there right now at 22 years old, but like when Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown, when Pujols was winning MVPs in St. Louis, like there was no other argument to be made that that's the best pure hitter in baseball. And when yep. you're hitting with so much power at 342, 
there's no argument to be made that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is not the best pure hitter in baseball. And just to go over what WRC plus is, in case you just aren't familiar with the stat, what WRC plus is, is it takes the statistic runs created. I'm reading this off MLB.com and adjust that number to account for important external factors like your ballpark or the era that you play in, but it's adjusted, right? So a WRC plus of 100 is league average and 150 would be 50% above league average. It's such an easy stat, honestly, because let's say you have a 90 WRC plus. That just means you're 10% below average. So for example, when we're talking about ballpark, a player who plays his home games at Coors Field, for example, which is a very hitter-friendly ballpark, will have a lower WRC plus than a player who posts identical stats at maybe a pitcher-friendly ballpark like Oakland. So when you understand what 200 means, he is two players in one. Yeah, He's Vladimir Guerrero and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 200 WRC plus is 100% better than an average MLB player. And an average MLB player is, an average MLB player is still pretty good. good. It's it's a starter on a team, and he's double. So you just have 10 guys in the lineup instead of nine when you have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in there. Guys with a WRC plus of 100 are not guys you say, oh, they should be bench players or they should be sent down. It's like Guys with a 100, like they are a starter. Like they're your typical starter. Decent, like a decent player. Yeah, it's like Uh, like not too bad. I kind of want to look right now. I'm just looking at some leaderboards. Um, And for example, a guy like Alex Verdugo, Great player, 110 WRC plus, right. 10% better on average, and he might be an all star this year. 200 for Vladdy. Like, it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around that. And at this point, when we're talking about Soto, he's even played less games than Vladdy did up to this point. Here's, here's something harder to wrap your head around. For some of our younger audience, this might be the best offensive season that they've been alive for 2004. Think about that. That's a 17 year old pretty much. Yeah. That they've been wow. alive for. You could have your driver's wow. license and not have seen a better offensive season than what a 22 year old Vladimir Guerrero jr. Is doing right now. He's younger than us. Yeah. Like I'm 23. I- and all we do is talk about him. Oh, we t- we do a great job, I think. I, <laughs> I can't believe he's 22. And I mean, then we got Tatis, who we're going to talk about later in the All-Star Starters. But before we move on to the All-Star Starters. Yeah. The Yankees played the Red Sox this past weekend. Oh, shit, yeah. Here we go. What do you mean? Here we go. No, I mean, the Red Sox are a better baseball team than the Yankees. The Yankees looked like shit. And now we're going to hear it from a diehard Yankee fan. The Red Sox are 100% better than the Yankees. And that is so difficult to say. So this weekend, the Yankees were outscored 18 to 7. They were swept. Yep. This is the least clutch team I've ever seen in my life when I'm watching the Yankees. Over the weekend, the Yankees went 3 for 18 with runners in scoring position and hit into five double plays. They are now second in baseball in double plays. 
with 75. Like, come on. And the Red Sox, on the other hand, hit 346 with runners in scoring position. They went nine for 26. Do you know out of the entire season, I saw this stat and I wanted to throw up. Only 11.4% of Yankee base runners have scored this season. Do you know where that ranks them in MLB? That's got to be near the bottom. Last. Yeah, that's horrible. Horrid. And besides Brett Gardner and Tyler Wade, none of them, no hitter in the lineup is above league average in sprint speed. So what they do, they get runners on. They're not fast enough to move over. They ground into double play. And they just ground. This is supposed to be the team that hits the home runs, but the ground ball rates are insane. And all they do is just ground into double plays. There's one player on the Yankees who's been hitting well this year, and it's Aaron Judge. Stanton has been fine in spurts. DJ is starting to heat up a little bit, but like, oh my God. I mean, this team's not making the playoffs. I, I was like physically traumatized watching that game on Sunday yeah. when the Yankees, well, first, I bet on it, just got trounced. We've yeah. been pretty good this year. We're sitting at almost 59%, though. MLB Best Bets, which you can find on TikTok and Instagram. But, and we hit on the under. Now it's Miami. Awesome. Snap it up. Yeah. But back to the game. 9 2. Garrett Cole comes in, looks horrible. Looks horrible. But the thing is that the Yankees talked about earlier that this game was of the importance of this game, that they knew they had to come out and that they were just getting punched in the face. That's a quote from Garrett Cole. And what do they do? They come out as flat as humanly possible and get tossed around by their rivals and no real excuses at the end. I mean, this uh, it's hard for me to come around to it, but let's sell. And we're not a we're not a podcast that comes in with just problems. We're going to come in with solutions. What I think the Yankees should do is I think you test the market for Aroldis Chapman. I think you test the market for Luke Voigt. Not saying that I don't like Luke Voigt. See what you can get for him. He's worth more Glaber than Torres. pretty much everybody. Pretty much everybody. Glaber Torres. See what you can get for him. Clint Frazier. I just, nice guy. Nope, he's probably not going to be a Yankee. 187, nope, no, I don't want him. Miguel Andujar, not a Yankee. Then you go through the rotation. Kluber's hurt. Herman can't pitch. Jordan Montgomery is pretty good. Tyon is not the answer. And Garrett Cole, since he faced the Twins a couple weeks ago, he has a 4.16 ERA. Garrett Cole, since the substance crackdown, yeah, he's like a four ERA guy. So, yeah, like my worst nightmare, like my absolute worst nightmare. Wow, uh, that show <laughs> that shows the kind of perspective you have on life, man. Seriously, I mean, I just the Yankees it was, struggling is your worst nightmare. I, I we were having so much fun in Omaha, and then I come, I, I watch the Yankees Red Sox series, and all of that happiness died out of me. So I'd love to talk about the All Star starters. Because, I mean, what a disaster weekend for the Yankees and my favorite team. Yet you came on and were smiling and were laughing through the first 25 minutes of recording. And then I realized we have to go over the Yankees. We just have to. Yeah, shit. Um, I think you're right. I, I don't think they're a playoff team, which is crazy because, like, you look at this lineup in 2019 and you're like, oh, my God. Like, they're going to oh win Oh, my God. But yet, terrible. They have nine of the same guy. It's just embarrassing, dude. 
it's bad. Like I, I love this team to death. And I, uh, there was a funny retweet that I tweeted out. It was like, um, are the Yankees ruining my life? Yes. Will I continue to watch every game? Yes. You might love this team to death. I'm never leaving, but God, it just, it like ruins my soul every single time I watch them. You might as well just plug the Twitter right now. (laughs) Just BB media. And at Peter Apple 23, right? And at Peter Apple 23. All right. Let's get into the all-star voting. This is the only time we can talk about it. The second round of voting for the three finalists at each position, nine in the outfield, you picked three. Um, That voting is now open. It closes on July 1st, if I believe, which is when the starters will be announced. And we're going to walk you through. We're going to make sure you make the right decision when you're voting on these all-star starters because being an all-star starter is a high honor and Javier Baez should not be one. Uh, He shouldn't. (laughs) And it's also important to preface it with this is who we think should be the all-star starters, not who we think the fans are going to choose. This is just, if we, if you and I had the only votes, these are where our votes are going towards. Right. We're filling out the ballot. Exactly. So we're going to start with catcher. We're going to roll through each position. We're going to finish on the outfield. And then I've got the American League, so I'll do a DH. uh, And you've got the National League. So why don't we start with catchers in the National League, Pete? Let's start with catchers in the National League. Right now, the three finalists are Wilson Contreras of the Cubs, Yadier Molina of the Cardinals, and Buster Posey of the San Francisco Giants. I'm going with Buster Posey, and I don't even think it's close. Yeah. The dude is hitting 326, 412 on base, 554 slugging. He's got 12 home runs. He strikes out less than all the other catchers, and he walks more. And he's actually ranked as the best defender out of all of them this year. Easy choice here, especially as a leader of the Giants, who are somehow competing for a division title. Yeah. Arm Layton actually had a perfect tweet that he tweeted on Twitter. It kind of summarized the Giants perfectly. It was a couple words. Screw it. I believe in the Giants now. It literally is like, it's kind of where we're at right now. I mean, the average age of a starter is 34 years old. I don't truly understand how they're doing it, but God damn it, they're doing it. And Buster Posey should, I think Buster Posey, if we created an all MLB team would be the, would be the starter at this point. Yeah, I think so. Um, what's funny is like tonight, so you're listening on Tuesday, last night's starting matchup is Anthony DiSclefani versus Trevor Bauer. And like, yeah, here's yeah. where we're at with the Giants. Like, I'm totally not saying, oh, the Dodgers are going to blow this. Thing. I agree. I'm like, maybe the Giants could win today. At one of my best bets, I was like, should I pick the Giants? Value tight? I was like thinking about it. Because DiSclefani, say what you want. He hasn't been the best pitcher in his career. But his two-seam moves four feet, and he's really hard to hit. He commands the ball really well. I love what I'm seeing from him. And then Kevin Gosman, we say standing on our head, like dude is standing on his head. Kevin Gosman is a real ace in this league. Gosman's insane. And how about tonight, if you're listening on Tuesday, tonight at 10-10, Kevin Gosman and Walker Bueller. I don't think that the Dodgers are any sort of lock in that game. I the, I bet the Giants are not going to be favored, and I might pick the Giants. Like they like is Kevin Gossman like almost as good as Walker Bueller at this point right now? Right now, yes. Yeah, I mean that's crazy to say. Imagine if I told you at the beginning of the year, Kevin Gossman, Walker Bueller, who you got? You would look <laughs> at me like I'm on crack. Right. And now look at where we are. That's why we love baseball. 
Let's get to the AL catchers. I think it's a two-horse race. The finalists now are Yasmani Grandal, Martin Maldonado, and Salvador Perez. And Maldonado is our first joke of the voting. What? What? What are we doing there? He's got a 0.0 war. He's got a WRC plus of 58 and a 171 batting average. Like good framer? He's average a good framer. framer. Average. <laughs> like this I, is a I mean, vote. okay. Say what you want. Gary Sanchez might have gotten a nod there. Should have maybe gotten a nod there. If offensively, offensively a thousand percent. I, but I'm not, I'm not bummed yeah. that he didn't because defensively he makes me want to punch a hole in my television. Yeah. So if he didn't make it, I would find there. But when I saw Martin Maldonado, I saw, well, if he can get on. Right. Couldn't like Higashioka get on randomly? I mean, if he could get on, anybody could get on. Yeah. Uh, Salvador Perez, like, it's been a fun story. The hits, the run production. But, like, he's fallen off a cliff defensively. He's nowhere near the catcher that Grandal is anymore. And he finished second for me behind Grandal. And I don't know how a season like Yasmani Grandal's happens. He's walking 26% of the time. He's striking out 26% of the time. And he has the third highest WRC plus among AL catchers. I wish that Sean Murphy or Mike Zanino got the credit they deserve. But within this final three, these are the voting parameters. I think Grandal brings it offensively and defensively. I think Grandal should should start in the All-Star game. It's crazy. The guy hitting below 200 is should be an All-Star starter. But I see what you're saying, especially with Salvador Perez's struggles this year defensively, which you wouldn't really expect normally. He's won five gold gloves, and he's just bad defensively. He's just bad defensively. I mean, go look at his framing metrics. They're bad. He's towards the bottom of the barrel. Dead last. The last time I checked, he was last. He is dead last still. Like, dead last. Exactly. So, yeah, I guess Yasmani Grandal in terms of those three, but, yeah, that's fine with me. NL first baseman. NL first baseman, the finalists are Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves, Max Muncy of the Los Angeles Dodgers, and Anthony Rizzo of the Chicago Cubs. My thoughts are, this is easy Max Muncy. It's in 262, 414 on base percentage. 414. This guy loves getting on base. And he's slugging 533 with 15 bombs. The power is there. He has three less walks than strikeouts. He can play multiple positions. He's played over 20, 21 games at second base already. Remember when we talked about WRC plus 163 for Max Muncy, 63% better than average, which leads the position in the entire national league. And Max Muncy has been so good this year. He's been the best hitter on the Dodgers, maybe outside of Justin Turner. At least they're competing for it. Muncy has a higher WRC+. plus. I think Max Muncy is, if it weren't for Jacob deGrom with a 0.69 ERA, he might be the MVP. Honestly, he's been that good. Probably not better than Acuna, but he's at least in that conversation. I think Max Muncy is is really freaking good. Tatis? (sighs) Yeah, I mean, he's pretty good too. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to hype up my boy Muncy. At least put him in the conversation. Muncy's going to finish top five in the MVP voting for sure. That's what I'm saying. Top five. I mean, that's really good. There's a lot of really good players in the National League. Yeah, top five in the NL. Good. Um, Unlike (laughs) Reese Bobby, where if you ain't first, you're last. Top five? Good for you, Max Muncy. That's probably where you max out at. Um, AL first baseman. 
Jose Abreu, Vladdy Jr., and Yuli Gurriel are the three finalists. Abreu's a no from me, dog. I mean, he's just dragged over the last couple of weeks. And I think yeah, he the added last pressure. couple of weeks. What? The last couple of weeks are just. Yeah. Like the added pressure on him of like supplying run production and power without Jimenez and Robert in that lineup is like very noticeable. He's been fine, but like he's been substandard for his standards. And that's not going to get you an all star nod. Yuli Gurriel and Vladdy Jr. are the only two first basemen, AL or NL, hitting above 300. Matt Olson's at 296 coming into tonight, so he can get there soon. But Vladdy at 342, Yuli at 333, it's a runaway. But Vladdy, WRC plus 200. He's an entire win above Fernando Tatis in war, pretty much. 4.6 to 3.8. And I just want to say that Vladdy, even though he was hyped up, is proving all the doubters wrong. How about this? Of the 10 projections that I saw for Vladdy's 2021 season from a variety of sources, he'll out Homer nine of the 10 projections by the all-star break. And if he gets to 34 by then, which is actually kind of feasible, he'll have beaten out all 10 projections. You know what projection uh, might be correct? Your MVP vote? My MVP vote plus 1400 at the beginning of the year. I'm going to keep praising that. Are you going to disclose how much you put on that or no? Maybe, maybe not. at the end, if it caches, maybe at the end of it, ca- if, if it caches, I will, if it doesn't, I will not. I think that's yeah. fair. <laughs> you know, just count my wins, not my losses. Vladdy at plus 1400 at plus 1400. What a bet. Wow. But the biggest snub I think out of in the entire American league, is Matt Olson. Yeah. Matt Olson has been unbelievable this year, and he's just been better than Abreu. Like, he's better defensively, and he's been better offensively. I don't understand. I mean, obviously, I understand because it's the fans, and Jose Abreu has been that kind of dude. I mean, he won the MVP last year. Yeah. But, like, Matt Olson has been freaking fantastic, and the fact that he got snubbed is goes to show. He plays in Oakland. But I love the fans. Like, it's also fun to have the fans out. So I go back and forth on that. But if we're actually trying to get the best players in the All-Star game, like, you can make the argument outside of Laddie, obviously. That, but Matt Olson should be in here. I, I really love Oakland A's environment. I love that environment. But he love plays it. in Oakland, man. It's a small market. And the fact that he plays in Oakland and is having such a good offensive season in such a pitcher-friendly park. Yeah. Like, it's so hard to do what he's doing. And yet he's doing it. So you think you think the biggest snub in the AL is Matt Olson. I think the starter for the National League at second base was left out of the top three. I, I think Jake Cronenworth should have gotten the start at second for the NL All-Stars. But Cronenworth not in the top three. I mean, that is the biggest snub out there, I think. I don't know. I see what you're saying, and Cronenworth definitely should have been in the top three over Gavin Lux. And the what three the, finalists the were Ozzie Albies of the Atlanta Braves, Adam Frazier of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and Gavin Lux of the Los Angeles Dodgers. You're 100% correct. Cronenworth should have been in there, no doubt about it. Like Lux, that's so stupid. Like that's, that's a so Dodger. Stupid. That's filling it out and saying Dodger. Yeah, and it's funny because Padres are super popular. You'd think that the Padres fans would come to Cronenworth's defense and, and put him in the All-Star game. But honestly... I would pick Adam Frazier over Cronenworth this year. He's hitting 330, 401 on base percentage, slugging 473 with only four home runs. 
So he's not hitting for a lot of home runs, but the doubles, he leads the position in doubles and hits. And he has a super, super tiny strikeout rate. He's one of the best contact batters in baseball all season long. And he's also second in the MLB at the, at the position in WRC plus at 144. He's probably the worst defender of the three, but he's still decent enough to at least stick there. I think Adam Frazier has been that sort of dude. The guy's in 330. Yeah. So I, that's my only thing. Cronenworth, 100% in the National League, probably the biggest snub. But I don't know if he should start over Frazier. But he should have finished second. Definitely. I think he's better than Albies as well. At uh, least right now. In terms right of, now. I think he, Albies yeah. is the best second. I think Albies is the best. Yeah. We think Albies is the best second baseman, but right now Cronenworth is having a better statistical season than Albies. Right. Cronenworth is more deserving of an all-star starting nod than Ozzy Albies is. I agree. Uh, AL second baseman, Jose Altuve, the Astros, DJ LeMahieu, the Yankees, and Marcus Semien of the Blue Jays are the three. I actually think they kind of got it right with these three. And DJ has been the most underwhelming, but... He's at, he has been heating up, like you said. And Altuve and Semyon are the, are the runaway two. Definitely. I think it's Altuve. LeMahieu, like, what are we doing here, right? Like, I think Whit Merrifield probably should have been in before LeMahieu. Um, yeah. But it was close between LeMahieu and, and Whit Merrifield. Um, I think Altuve gets my nod over Semyon because he's got a slightly better walk rate, a little bit lower of a strikeout rate a little bit higher of an OBP, and he's just been overall more valuable offensively. Semyon may have the edge defensively, which is really weird to say about somebody who once led the league in errors as a shortstop. Um, It's crazy to say that because Altuve has been so good, but Altuve is starting to age a little bit, but the bat is still great. So my vote is for Jose Altuve. I agree. I I would go with Jose Altuve, but I think it's razor thin. Like, if you argued Marcus Semien, I wouldn't say that you're wrong. I think those are so close. But it's Jose Altuve. He's probably going to win. And it would probably make sense if he did. How about our third baseman, man? Third baseman is loaded in the National League. The finalists are Nolan Arenado of the Cardinals, Chris Bryant of the Cubs, and Justin Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. A lot of people are going to say Chris Bryant. I'm going Justin Turner. He's hitting almost 300 with a 382 on base percentage and 481 slugging. He's got 12 bombs. He's hitting for plenty of power. And I think we can disqualify Arenado, honestly. He's been great, but just not at the standard that Chris Bryant and Justin Turner are at. But it's so close between Bryant and Turner. But I'm just leaning Turner slightly for these reasons. He beats him in WRC+, plus 143 to 135. He has a better average. He has a better on base, slightly less slugging. But like I said, Turner is still hitting for plenty of power. Turner is winning in war, 2.3, 2.1. Turner even has a better defensive war, even though Brian has played all, all over the field and is definitely a better all-around defender. But in terms of war, defense war, he's actually better. And without the June slump, it would have probably been easily Chris Bryant. But I think with what's happened... It's Justin Turner now. What do you think? I agree. Turner yeah. got my vote. I, I submitted a, a, a vote as soon as the Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Turner got my vote, um, which is tough because I love KB. And like, I, I would be so, I would be through the moon if uh, KB was the starter, but he likely won't be because Justin Turner, A, is a Dodger and B, 
is really good, dude. And really like, good. He's a gamer. He shows up in primetime all the time. And you know that this week's series with San Francisco, like he's going to have a big knock. He'll probably have a walk-off. Right. Like that's the type of game that Justin Turner plays well in. In the American League, like I kind of think it's a runaway. Rafael Devers should be the starting third baseman for the American League All-Star team. The finalists are Devers, Yoan Moncada, and Alex Bregman. Bregman being here and not Jose Ramirez is so stupid. Like, travesty. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Jose Ramirez is the best third baseman in baseball. Yeah. Yoan, I I love him so much, and he deserves to be an All-Star, not the starter. He's not getting the starting nod over Devers. Rafael Devers, you could make the argument, is a top five hitter overall this year, like across any position. He certainly is top 10 in terms of being a a pure hitter. He leads the position in bombs. He's got 20 more RBIs than any other AL third baseman. That's the craziest thing when I noticed. 20 more RBIs. Like, holy shit. It's crazy. There are some NL third basemen that are up there with him, but nobody else in the American League comes close. He and the shortstop in Boston are the two biggest reasons as to why the Red Sox are in the position that they're in. 100%. We got some outfielders to choose from, but first let's do some shortstops. Yes. In in the National League, we have Javier Baez, who shouldn't be a starter. Correct. Brandon Crawford has been playing fantastic this year, but I think the easiest decision on this entire sheet is Fernando Tatis Jr. starting at shortstop for the National League. Mm -hmm. He's having the best offensive season by a large margin. I mean, he's hitting almost 300 at 294, 377 on base. He is slugging almost 700, 697 slugging. He's tied for second in baseball with 25 home runs. Seven more home runs even than Baez, who, like we said, OBP is at 267. Crawford's been great. I don't even think we really need to go over this too much in depth. It's Fernando Tatis Jr., and it's not even close. And the fans are going to vote him in, so that's pretty much a lock. It's going to be great. Uh, Shortstop in the AL, Bo Bichette, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts. Identical wars between Bogarts and Correa, just a smidge behind Tatis. Tatis at 3.8, Bogarts and Correa at 3.7. Walk numbers are higher for Correa, which leads to a higher OBP. But Xander Bogarts is hitting 330. I looked at win probability added, WPA, which I, I really love as a metric. And Correa gives Houston a better win probability added than Bogarts gives Boston. But I don't think you can under you can understate what Xander Bogarts has been to the Boston Red Sox. I mean, like that dude is the heartbeat of the Boston Red Sox. And with them being in first place with Bogarts doing what he's doing and hitting in three thirty, like he's in, he's in. I think it's so close. I honestly, my super, super, super slight lean is Correa. And it's just because both players are having such similar offensive seasons. Yeah. And Correa is just the better defender. So Slightly. Sl- it's slight. So it's like if you argue Bogarts, I'm going to say you're right. And if you argue Correa, I'm also going to say you're right. That- it's like in the National League, it's the biggest wide open competition that there is. And then in the American League, it's razor thin. Yeah. But I agree. You know, you went Bogarts. 
I bet I put Correa in my in my actual vote. But when you said you were going Bogarts, it was like, you know what? Yeah, probably. Like not bad pick. Right. Like I want him to be the starter. I just and yeah, I don't want Correa to be the starter, I but I voted Bogart. for him because I just looked at the freaking stats. I love Xander Bogarts. He's I know. Awesome. He's, and these are my two least favorite teams. So it was very fun picking between them. I'll start I'll start with the AL outfield because I've got one more position that I got to go through uh, without you. So I'll start with the outfield for the American League. Nine finalists are the Astros' Michael Brantley, Byron Buxton, shout out Byron Buxton, Adolis Garcia, Randall Gritchick, Teoscar Hernandez, Aaron Judge, Cedric Mullins, Mike Trout, Alex Verdugo. So like, naturally, I want to vote for Buxton and Trout, but I don't want to vote for somebody that will be replaced because they're hurt. So Trout and Buxton, I would love if they got the starting nod and they needed to be replaced. So I will say that that Trout and Buxton get the starting nod. I want the third outfielder with them to be Aaron Judge. And I want Michael Brantley and Cedric Mullins to be the starters in place of Trout and Buxton. Michael Brantley might hit 350 this year. He is. I just wish the Yankees signed him, but whatever. He's good for Houston. <laughs> Cedric Mullins is really good. Really good. Really good. And Aaron Judge and is Cedric Mullins is also first. He's having a great season offensively, but the dude in center is becoming one of the better defenders in all of baseball in center field. Yeah, absolute stud. Should we move to the National League or you got anything else in the American League? No, I mean, Judge has been good and you can add a little bit more to Judge, but like he's been, he has been the lone bright spot. He really has been the lone bright spot. And it's funny in the year that the Yankees are struggling, Aaron Judge is putting together a top five outfielder type season. And I just wish this happened. You know, I mean, he's been great, but he just gets injured all the time, but he's been healthy this year and he's been overall really talented. And I agree, should definitely be an AL All-Star starter. But the National League is interesting because I have two guys on the same team making it. I have Ronald Acuna Jr. on the Braves. No other Braves outfielders. But I have Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker making it in the outfield. And that's over guys like Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, Jock Peterson. I hate to leave Juan Soto and Mookie Betts out of this just because they're just maybe both of them are top five players in baseball in general. But And then, yeah, we have Juan Soto, then Chris Taylor, then Mike Yastrzemski. But I think it's Ronald Acuna Jr., Nick Castellanos, and Jesse Winker. I mean, these three are the leaders in WRC Plus by a wide margin over fourth place Chris Taylor. All of them in the 160s, Chris Taylor in the 140s or 130s. I just feel like these three names, at least in the NL, are pretty obvious, at least to this point. Yeah, I'm just glad that Mike Yastrzemski is a finalist. Yes. I'm glad. I I think Yaz is good, man. Uh, he is good. He is and, good, and he's he's pretty underrated too. I feel like nobody's really talking about Yaz in, in center for the Giants, but he is good, and he's he's been good now ever since he's debuted. And ran out of time. He debuted when he was what twenty nine, thirty. Like he just ran out of time. Ran out of time. So, but I'm glad that Yaz is a finalist. Uh, we round off with the ALDH, and much like Vladdy at first for the AL and Tatis at short for the NL, like. This should be so simple. The three finalists are Jordan Alvarez, J.D. Martinez, and the GOAT. <laughs> yeah, Shohei Otani. It's not even close. Like the GOAT. Like, yeah. 
what this guy's doing, like whether he's starting on the mound for the AL or like starting at DH for the AL, like I don't really care. Like Shohei Otani, whatever he does, like you could slap him at short. Like he's an AL all-star starter. Sarah Langs had a great tweet, tweet. There's four players in baseball right now who are top in the 90th percentile on sprint speed and hard hit rate. Shohei Otani, Tyler O'Neill, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Ronald Acuna Jr. Shohei Otani is a pitcher, and he is in the 90th percentile sprint speed and hard hit rate. He is a pitcher. He's a pitcher. That's so stupid. What the – is happening that's he's crazy i mean it's hard not to call him the mvp i just like there's another guy playing in buffalo new york for the toronto blue jays that's might win the triple crown so it's it's tough to but but as we move on unless you got you got some a little bit more no does this does this feel like the miguel cabrera mike trout mvp race like any other year if yeah. Mickey doesn't win the triple crown then it's mike trout winning yes. the mvp like yes if Vladdy takes home the triple crown, like how do you not give him the MVP over Shohei Otani? But if Vladdy doesn't do it, then like Shohei Otani. Yeah. And that's like, that's so crazy. Like it, it, the production that you have to get to get to the MVP this year is so vast. Yeah. Like, oh, Vladdy, if you don't win the triple crown, like you're not going to win the MVP. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like you're not going to do something absolutely historic. So you have to do something historic to win the MVP. That's how good Shohei Otani is. We got Michael Schwimmer next week, Jack. We got Michael Schwimmer on Friday. We got, what did I say next week? We have Michael Schwimmer on Friday. We're doing part two, more big league advance. We talked to Soledad O'Brien in a previous episode last Friday. And then on Friday, now we have Michael Schwimmer to go over it. I mean, it's changing the landscape of baseball in general. In minor league baseball. It's about time minor league baseball baseball changes. It's crazy. And it's going to be a fun interview, too. I'm excited to talk to him. And you'll see our top 20 outfielders next week. Yep. Um, Because we we were going to do it today, but obviously we have to do the all-star starters, and we had to go over these. Just I mean, we didn't have to, but it's just so goddamn fun that we wanted to. Right. And we can move our top 20. So you'll see top 20 to 11 next week, and then you'll see 10 to 1 the week after that. You know, Tuesday, we like to do rankings, and we like to talk players. It's, It's a really fun episode. Schwimmer, Friday. Stay tuned. Pete, talk to you then. Thank you, everybody. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.